Welcome to the Real Talk with Real Fit Pros podcast, where fitness professionals learn to get what they're worth. With over 30 years of combined experience in the fitness industry, Jonathan Loudermilk and Mark the Fitness Ninja Zolmanoff share their expertise in helping fit pros work smarter, earn more, and design a business that they love. Learn about effective social media strategies, organic marketing, client acquisition and retention, and whatever other shenanigans John and Mark bring to the table. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. All right, all right. Welcome to episode number two of Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. Mark Zalmanoff here, your favorite friendly neighborhood fitness ninja, and my co-host, my counterpart, my main man, Jonathan Loudermilk. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. It's almost Christmas. We, we actually have, what was it, the 23rd? We got eight days left of 2020. What could 2021 have in store for us? I know, right? You know, I saw a post that someone put on my feed, and they're like, I don't see nobody talking about 2021 is going to be my year. Y'all, y'all pussies. <laughs> yeah, don't be scared. Y'all scared? Don't be scared. Right. It's like the one year it was like, I don't know if I want 2020. <laughs> Maybe we'll just dip our toe in, ease into it a little bit, see how it feels, you know? Yeah. God bless. It's going to be fine, man. Especially if you're tuning in this podcast, we're going to teach you how to go get what you're worth. It's going to be fantastic. COVID, no COVID, bats, no bats, stimulus, no stimulus. It's going to get you paid what you're worth. Absolutely. Well, before we get into the episode, I got a story to share for you. So, Story time, story time. Huddle around the campfire, boys and girls. I got a funny one for you. So we're going to go back in time. This is back when I was uh, at this uh, fitness club. Once again, I'm going to try not to use companies and names and locations. I'm trying to protect people's, you know, they may not want their stuff shared. So this is going to be anonymous. But this was, uh, how long ago was this? I want to say this is like probably eight or nine years ago. I was a fitness manager. And this club was definitely like an uh, older demographic, right? So their prime time was like nine or 10 in the morning. Like the busiest it would be all day. Hit six o'clock, uh, mash was on. So everyone was out. <laughs> <laughs> it was that kind of club. Well, there was a trainer there. And this is by far one of the best trainers I've ever seen. Like in terms of what he produced in revenue, to the results he got with his clients, his personality and moldability with who he worked with and plus he's just a funny ass dude I just I just like working with him well anyway one of my general managers at the time was doing a club tour he's walking this new member through and you know the the new member doesn't know what to expect and they're probably already anxious just like oh my god it's the gym I'm gonna be intimidated and you know I've got to determine do I need a trainer do I need not need a trainer what am I gonna do so this person's being walked around and you know, they're walking past the group exercise room and there's this little cubby hole, right? Like where they have like some fitness equipment, but it's a space where a lot of trainers would go to because it was off to the side and they could really get that one-on-one -on -one with their client. Well, as they walk around, this trainer had uh, one of his older clients um, doing this exercise and, uh, you know, programming wise, it made sense, but it definitely didn't look very orthodox. What he had him doing <laughs> is he had a stability ball up against the wall and it was on his pelvis, and he's just doing hip thrusters into this. <laughs> so it looked like he's just humping the damn ball in the corner of the gym. And I remember the GM's like, yeah, this is our group exercise room, and you're going to get 24-7 access. We got Zumba. We got this. And then over here, 
and his jaw drops. He just looks over and goes, and moving on, and then over here we got the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because the prospect, the GM, the trainer, and the client all locked eyes, and then the client just nods and smiles at him as he's humping the ball <laughs> as he's walking by. And I remember I asked that trainer, I was like, the hell were you doing over there? He's like, well, you know, he needs hip mobility and we're working up his stabilizer muscles. <laughs> Maximus is me. He's dropping all the terms he can think of. I'm like, all right, man, you sold me on it. But that, just think twice before you do that stuff. We're trying to sell memberships over here. And you're over here, got clients humping damn ball in the corner. <laughs> well, here's the thing is depending on, on that client's age, it might've just been some functional training. You know? It was like, dude, there's is very sound programming behind that, but it was just hilarious to watch the interaction between <laughs> the new member coming and they end up getting a membership and everything. But, you it's know, like, it just goes to Mrs. show you. going to love this one. Yeah, man. Like he used to love messing with his clients, you know, and uh, I thought that was part of the appeal and the experience. Like he would just throw stuff in and go, yeah, I just did that to mess with you. Let's go do the real workout now. <laughs> so, so John, that makes us two for two with uh, stories that deal with that region of the body. So, there's well, a lot of there's gonna be a lot of penis jokes on this show <laughs> and butt jokes and all kinds of things. So I hope you're into that. Uh, but there's tons of stuff that in the gym. But you know, it's funny. Um, you know, I was thinking about the story I was gonna share today, and obviously the topic we're gonna talk about is you know one of the most controversial ones that's been around for years. I, I can't think of one person that hasn't put their opinion on this. It's almost like you have to pick a stance on this, right? And <laughs> you gotta you know, pick a team. What's that? You got to pick a team. You got to pick a team, man. So, you know, do you have to, quote, unquote, look the part? So, you know, Mark, I'm going to kick it to you, and, you know, let's we'll just go ahead. We'll just get into this, man. Yeah, so, you know, we love asking this question, especially in trainer groups. Yeah, I think I think from a client standpoint, the average person, you know, they're, they're, they can go both ways. But when you start talking to other coaches saying, do you need to be fit if you're going to be a trainer, I think you get some very opinionated, almost political, like passion answers from people. And, and so I think we have to start with the definition of fit. And this is where it all goes to shit, right? Because our definition of fit is different. Like there's no one set standard of, oh, that's a fit person and that's a not fit person. So that's where the discord begins. And you know, there's, it, it kind of depends on the realm that you're training in, who you're training, what the population is that you're going after. You know, if you're training bodybuilders and your, your, your objective is to get people on stage in their banana hammock or their teeny bikini and show off their muscles, I mean, I personally think you better be able to mimic that. Because if you haven't gone through that process, you don't really know what it's like. And, and so I, I think that's one kind of definition for coaches to remember. And it's something that I've always lived by is I will never ask a client to do something that I'm not able and willing to do. And I've just kind of used that as a rule. Now, let's preface that I've never trained professional athletes. So if I did, there would probably be things I would ask them to do that I, I'm physically incapable of doing, but I would be willing to attempt. And so, so again, there's some gray area in there. Now, I remember, I remember being at, at one of the big box clubs and we had a staff of like 40 trainers. It was the biggest staff of coaches I'd ever seen. It was insane. And obviously you play the percentages. So you got everybody from like the super ripped dude that had like 2% body fat to somebody who had more body fat. 
<laughs> we'll just put it that way. And then everyone in between, right? So we ran the, we ran the spectrum. And what was really interesting was to see from a sales standpoint who excelled and then from the actual training standpoint who excelled. And it tended to be the people really in the middle because the ones that were like super ripped and that most people would look at them and go, oh man, that, you know, that trainer is like super, super fit. They didn't know how to coach people and they weren't relatable. So they had, you know, there was a lack of empathy. They just thought everybody should just be able to, you know, eat broccoli and chicken breast and, and, you know, never drink and never do all the things. And then you had the other end that just wasn't really a great example. And, and I think when we get into how emotional this process is for a lot of people, that's hard when you have somebody who has their own shit they're dealing with and they don't have any self-control. And as you said, they don't look the part and we, and we know looks can be deceiving, but there's a tipping point too, that you're like, okay, you're, you're really not a fit individual. Like you have health risk. And I think maybe that's another definition that we can kind of throw in the mix of like, okay, being a little overweight is fine, but are you, are you like putting yourself at risk for heart disease and diabetes and high blood pressure and all the things that, you know, that we're trying to, um, I don't want to say cure, but you know, all the things we're trying to help our clients prevent. So, you know, it's, it's a tough one for sure. Yeah. And you know, like you said, there's that gray area. And I think there's a big difference of being a personal trainer and being like a, a fitness coach. Like there's a huge difference. And that's why I believe there's been that shift from, I mean, trainer to I'm a coach because there's a lot more that encompasses that than just, hey, here are your exercises and eat chicken and broccoli <laughs> you know, eight right. days a week. Because I've met coaches that look like Adonis, but man, they are awful. Like sleeping with, they're smashing their clients, not talking about with the weights. Um, you know, they were showing up late for workouts, not doc, like just like basic stuff, man. Like they just weren't doing what they look good, right? And I know other coaches that didn't look the part, probably could lose a few pounds, but their clients loved them and they got awesome results with them. So there's definitely that spectrum to go down and to look at. And at the end of the day, when we think about like what, what makes a good coach, if we really want to simplify, all it is is leadership. And we all, and then we got to get clear on like, okay, what do we actually deem as like real leadership? Which once again, there's different qualities that people look for in terms of what they look at as good leadership. Um, the one thing that's undeniable is, is the ability to influence. Because that's all we're really doing at the end of the day with our clients is influencing good choices and better behaviors, right? And it's really hard to influence if you're not living that part, whatever that is. If you're living that part of the corrective exercise, then cool, you can influence people to do things that help them move better and feel better. If you're living the part of the banana hammock and looking shred on stage and knowing the 18 different freaking poses you gotta do, then cool, you can influence people with the behaviors to get to that point. Same thing if someone's lost maybe 50 pounds, but they could lose another 50, they could still influence people to get them to that 50 pound weight loss that they've personally gone through. And that's really what we're looking at, at the end of the day. And that story I shared with you earlier, um, that trainer by no stretch of the means was out of shape, but he wasn't shredded. You know, he wasn't the like typical what you look at, but he was a really strong dude. Um, really burly, uh, you know, you know, facial hair and it had a boisterous laughter. Like you just had that intangible, like that guy just like connected with people. 
and you knew how to influence them on the behaviors that they need to take because, you know, that guy lived the part, you know, in terms of what fitness meant to him. And that's really just getting clear on, you know, what is your view on fitness? Are you living that? And then you have the ability to coach people to have that same experience. That's my two cents on it. Yeah. And I think, you, I mean, you nailed it. You know, it is about leadership. And, you know, one thing that I've always really tried to achieve is, is showing people that I'm willing to do the work as well. Because for those of you who don't know me, you know, I'm like five foot seven, I weigh about 165 to 172 pounds on any given day. Like I'm not a big dude. I'm half Hispanic and, and Russian. So I'm like, I'm not naturally athletic. Like I don't have the V-shaped body. Like, I got to work hard at this shit. <laughs> and so, you know, over the years, as I've, as I've learned that about myself that, Hey, look, I got to work just as hard, if not harder than some of my clients, you know, I've, I've had some awesome clients that, you know, they have an athletic background and they were athletes in college and they, they just respond well, where I really got to work my ass off. And, and I've said it a thousand times, like if I could just be a fat little Mexican, I totally would. Cause I love food. <laughs> if I could just deadlift and eat all the food, it'd be awesome. But but I know that if I'm going to influence and impact, as you said, John, then I have to show that I'm willing to do that. Yeah. And it's something that I've used to my advantage over my career is the fact that I'm not the big dude. You know, I'm not some six foot five rip dude. I'm not the guy in Kroger going, hey, look at my abs. We'll buy some training. You know, I'm not that guy. And, and I know that the majority of people that we're going to serve are just, you know, I don't, I don't like saying regular people, but it's just the average person. Like most of us, you know, we have these aspirations. I'm going to train all these athletes to work for sports teams. And there's like four of those guys that do that. I remember those days. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm going to go get my CSCS and I'm going to be a strength and conditioning coach. And then, right. and then you get in the real world, you're like, oh, shit, I don't know anybody and I'm not a good coach. So here we go. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think it's as you start working with the quote unquote regular people, you start to figure out who's your tribe within there. Yeah. You know, and, and as you said earlier, like if you had an athlete, could you help them? Absolutely. Even though you hadn't done all of those sports or definitely at that level. Um, but as we go through and we start really shifting through, like who are the people that we naturally connect with? Who are the people that we know that we can easily help through a specific goal? That's who we really need to target because, yeah. you know, my, my firm belief is this, and I'm not going to try to get too spiritual with you on this podcast. I don't know what you believe in. I don't really care what you believe in. That's cool. Like, that's why we have freedom of speech and belief systems, whatever that may be. But I believe we were put on this earth to become everything to someone and not everything to everyone because it's impossible to be everything to everyone. Amen. You end up becoming a watered down version of yourself. But if you lean in and become everything to someone, that's how you become the greatest version of yourself in your leadership and who you're meant to serve. And, you know, not even to get to a business side of it, but like you don't need a million clients. You don't. You, some of y'all just need 10. <laughs> yeah, like, like that's no exaggeration. We know the numbers, the people that, that John and I work with, like, some some of our coaches literally just need 10 people to have just a great 10. life a great I think, life. I think of this way too do i want to spend my time watered down across you know 200 people 300 people 400 people or do i want to go really deep with the capacity that i know i can perform at a high level for yeah and the riches are in the niches so 
when you really get clear on, you know, what is that part, what level are you serving on and who do you want to go serve and then go be that example for those people, you're going to get traction a lot faster versus trying to look the part and I have to have abs and I have to have a tan and all these things that get put on us because it's a very vain business versus just give your, give yourself permission to be who you are built to be, become the best version of that, whatever that may be. And then go out there and go help other people get the same results that you've gotten and the other people you're already helping. Like that's how simple it is. And it, it, that's just my thoughts, Mark. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, and I think that a, a good way to kind of describe what you just said is really, we just have to be fit for the people that we serve. It's as simple as that. And, you know, for some people, if you look at, I'm just going to say, you know, like an overweight trainer, a lot of times they're ones who have struggled with weight loss over the years. And as you said before, maybe they lost 50 pounds and they still got some to go, but they know what it's like and they know the struggle. So guess who they get to help? They get to help those people who really, really struggle with weight loss. The, the ex-professional athlete gets to help other athletes because they know the drill. They know what it takes. They know how to compete at that level. They know the nuances, you know, for someone like myself, I've learned that I'm, I'm fit in many areas, not just physically. So I'm mentally fit and, and it's a very conscious effort for me to live with joy and happiness. And people see that and they're like, I want that too. I don't just want to be like physically fit. I want to be mentally fit. Like I want to be right. emotionally fit. So I attract those people to me that desire that type of change. So as long as I'm fit for the people that I'm serving, then I'm doing my job and I can do it well. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's, you know, I, I would just encourage you if, if you're, if you're trying to figure out where you fit in that realm, it really is who are the people that you serve the best and are you fit for those people? And I think if you answer that question, yes, then you, you're going to be on the right track. Yeah. Like I can, I've, I've known probably at least half a dozen um, that have lost a hundred pounds or more themselves. And they went off to become like the best weight loss coaches. Right. And, you know, when I was training fitness clients, you know, I did corrective exercise and weight loss. Like that, that's what I ended up being like, okay, I'm really good at with these types of clients. Can I work with others? Yeah, but these ones I'm good at. But I was at a disadvantage against those trends because I didn't have to go through that. Like I grew up being scrawny, like I'm, I'm, the opposite. <laughs> I'm trying to get bigger, you know, but someone that went through that process, lived it, came out the other side is going to have a, a deeper level of empathy and understanding. And you, you don't get that in a certification. You can't teach that. That's life. You have to pay your dues by going through that process. And, you know, we all have that story. I, so I challenge you, if, if you're trying to figure out where you fit in this whole grand scheme of things, what's your story? What have you gone through? And how can you translate that into value into helping someone else who's looking to make that same change? Amen to that. So there you go, folks. Coaches, do you need to be fit? Eh, I mean, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also, stop putting your profile picture with your damn shirt off. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody's buying. Nobody's buying from Look, you. we get it. You're in awesome shape. That's awesome. It's fantastic. But I'm just saying, you wouldn't walk up to a stranger, pull up your shirt and go, nice to meet you. You want to work out? Like, you wouldn't do that. 
you would have your shirt on and you talk to him like a normal damn person. I'm trying to help you make a few extra bucks in 2021 because some of y'all talking way too damn much about $600 coming out. You shouldn't be needing $600 if you just take put a damn shirt on on your social media profile. Probably get more signups. I'm just saying. Do you remember the scene from Step Brothers where he comes up in the clubhouse and he's like, you see these abs? <laughs> I haven't had a carb for five years. And then they, they punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah, that's what people think when you do that. Yeah. Now, do you get a few sales? Sure, but you're probably pissing off 80% of the other people that you could be getting sales from. Now, if you're a bodybuilder and you do prep shows and that's what you do, I get it. I get it. You're going into that. But most of y'all ain't doing no, I, you didn't get your IFBB card or whatever. You didn't get that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you just work your ass off. That's cool. That's fantastic. But leave a little mystery. You know, leave a little bit for the eyes to, to figure out. You know what I'm saying? Might pull in people, get them signed up, and then you show them your ass. You know, like, <laughs> maybe that's part of your package. <laughs> Whoa there. Not that package. We don't know what about. Now I'm putting my foot in my mouth. We can go ahead and wrap up this episode. But I hope you understand what I'm saying. I say it's from a place of love. I'm trying to help you get where you were. Um, and once again, if you're trying to find your place in this whole fit, fit pro game, just understand you were put on this earth for a reason. You were given your story for a reason, lean into it and you'll share it with others. Cause I promise you there's someone out there that's looking to hear it and they need your help. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's a, that's a great way to wrap this up. There, there are people who need us. So just be you and be the best you you can be because the, the obesity rates in this world ain't going anywhere. And uh, there's, there's plenty of people for all of us to flourish. And whether you need 10 or 100 or 500, doesn't even matter. There's plenty of people to go around for all of us. So go get what you're worth. Do the work. Show up. Be fit for your clients in every way you can possibly be. And uh, there we go. Damn good show. Good show, y'all. Damn good show. If you, if you like this, hit that subscribe button. Give us a five-star review and, uh, and share with your friends. And you don't even have to be a coach. Like, I mean, I like to think we're somewhat mildly entertaining. So we may even share it on the air. <laughs> Fit Pro Bros, baby. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all have a great day and uh, make good Merry choices. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever you celebrate. Oh. Bye. <laughs>